today. Your word is good, Father. And your word is able to produce good fruit, Father. Your word is able to change lives, Father. And so as we partner with your word today, we pray that that word will be deposited into the good ground of the people's hearts today, whether they're watching online or physically in this service. And Father, that word will just rise up and grow and produce fruit, some 30, some 60, but some will manifest 100-fold production, Father, because of the condition of their hearts as they hear. And as always, Holy Spirit, have your way today. Be glorified in this service. Move up and down every aisle, in and out of every row. Let not one person leave out of here the same way that they came in today. And we'll give you all the glory for all the good that will come out of this service. In Jesus' name, and everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. Amen. Go ahead and love on somebody today. Tell them God bless you. Let them know that you're glad to see them, and then you can be seated. Praise God. You all lost an hour of sleep, but came in yes. fired up. That, that, that side of the room agrees with me. I said you all might have lost an hour of sleep, but you still came in fired yes. up this morning. I'm saying that by faith in Jesus' name. All right, we're going to conclude our series. This is the fourth week of Into Me, You See. And we're going to get right into it this morning. We want to welcome our online viewing audience. We're so glad to have you today. Remember, the best way to follow along is the Version Bible app. Go to the events section, click on Linked Up Church. The outline is right there. You'll notice with the outline, there's fill in the blanks. And that is to get you to participate in your learning. And so right on that outline, you can fill in the blanks, okay? And so make sure that you follow along. Of course, we're going to give you a lot more than actually what's on that outline. And so in our introduction, very briefly, we said at the core of every healthy relationship 
is the ability of two people to successfully communicate with one another. If they can get on the same page, then they can really accomplish and get to wherever they're desiring to go uh, in life. And there are really five areas that we're discussing. You've got to know your counterpart was point number one. Point number two was honor and accept gender differences. We're not the same. So we've got to learn how to honor and respect those differences. Number three, always speak edifying words. How many of y'all have been practicing that? I'm talking about practices when you don't want to do it. Yes. When they don't deserve edifying words. How many of y'all have been adding that, that piece to it? Practicing when you want two to people, keep it 100. Two people. Two people. Practice edif speaking edifying words. And then on last week, we talked about the art of listening. That is a skill to really pay attention and listen with the intent of obeying what it is your counterpart is saying. And today, we're going to talk about remain in Christ. How many know in all communications, you've got to stay saved? Yeah. <laughs> You ever been in a, a situation where you said, you're about to make me lose my salvation? Raise your hand if you've ever said that before. How I many know that's when you need to stop, back up, and stay in the church? Okay. Or just let the All church right. stay in you. <laughs> I didn't like the amen on that one right there. How many of y'all that's ever happened to you? Raise your hand. Say, so you're getting ready to make me, you can, now you're getting ready to take this. Raise your hand if you've ever done that before. And so that's really what we're talking about today, this ability to remain in Christ or stay saved or stay in the church or let the church stay in you. So as mentioned, the scripture gives us many principles about communication since our God is a communicator, right? However, with that said, we must realize that understanding these principles are obviously easier than putting them into practice. So how it is easy to understand it in theory, it's much more difficult to actually put it into practice. Right? So that requires something greater than you to be able to put into practice what your flesh doesn't want to. Right? And so we can't do this apart from a vital relationship and a vital union with God. So the Bible teaches that not only do we need God's wisdom, but we also need his power to communicate because of our propensity to sin. Right? We live in a flesh body. And so if we don't have something that controls and gauges that flesh, how I many of the flesh will do and say whatever it wants to? So we've got to rely on something greater than our flesh to effectively communicate. So with that being said, I want you to turn with me to John chapter 15. Letter A. John chapter point. 15. I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. <laughs> My mic is on. Yes. <laughs> look at the yeah, ladies well, out look there. At oh, look See, at y'all. See, y'all, we, we talk right. about good communication. <laughs> You're instigating. <laughs> Letter A, stay connected to the vine. So stay connected to the vine. John chapter 15, verse 5 in the Message Bible says, I am the vine. You are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation, intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you cannot produce a thing. Now, right there, Jesus identifies himself as being the root. 
In the King James Version of John chapter 15, it says here that I am the true vine and my father is the husband man. Jesus is the root and the father is the husband man, the farmer. And he says here in the King James Version, I love the way he puts it because when you go into the King James, he says, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. I'm in verse 1. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. So God is expecting that if you say you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and he is your Lord and Savior, how many of you believe that? You receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. It is an expectation that you choose to abide, live in, dwell in, spend time with him. Mm -hmm. And in spending time with him and developing and abiding, which is that what that word abide means, you will then bring forth fruit. But notice this, the more time you spend with him, he goes from fruit to now more fruit. Right, right. He goes from fruit, and then he purges that which is not good and brings forth more fruit. That's and then good. he clarifies. He says, now you are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. In other words, he's saying, it's in you to do it. Yeah. If you chose to believe in me, it's because of my word. And if my word is in you, you have been cleansed already. So it's in you to do it. That's it's right. not hard. That's right. That's right. So therefore, he says, so you are clean through the word which I have spoken to me, to you. Verse 4, abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. You can do no good thing unless you are in Christ Jesus. You are consciously aware that he is your big brother. He is your savior. He is Lord. And if it's good, just like Pastor Gregor said earlier, if it's good, it came from God. If it's fruitful and it produces, it came from God. And verse 5, which is what we read from the message, is so good because he says here, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abide in me and I in him, the same bring forth, forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. We go from bearing fruit to bearing more fruit to bearing much fruit. What fruit is he talking about? Because oftentimes people talk, thinking that he's talking about production. Right. He's talk, he's talk, that he's talking about being able to be wealthy and walk in divine health. Yeah. No, those are promises. That's right. He doesn't expect you to develop promises. Yeah. Those are yours, whether you take it or not, they're yours. So they're theirs for your, for your keep, for, yeah. your, for your getting. But yeah. what fruit is he talking about? Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. I love what it says in the Passion Translation. He says here, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. There is one fruit. Oftentimes we're talking about the fruits of the Spirit. No, it's one fruit. That one fruit is love, but it's manifested through joy that overflows, peace that subdues, Patience that endures, kindness in action, whether they deserve it or not, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of the heart, and strength or self-control of the spirit. Mm -hmm. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. When you abound and when you abide in God, God produces in you love. And in that love, you have expressions of love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, self-control. All these things are in you to produce. You don't get a little bit of joy, but not much patience. Right. You can't get a little bit of gentleness, but not much self-control. Right. 
No, when you love God and you're abiding in him, he puts within you the ability to produce fruit, fruit of the spirit. And when you're developing that, it's easy now to have communication. I love the way the message uh, translation ends it. He says, we find in in the message translation of um, 22, but what happens when we live God's way, we bring gifts into our lives. He brings gifts into our lives, much the same way that fruit appears on an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Against such, there is no law. And when you're abounding in these things, and you notice right after he says that, he says, you can ask anything in my name. Yeah. And it's yours. Yeah. Oftentimes, we cut off or we stifle the vine because we refuse to operate in joy. Yeah. We want to be man and just let them know. I got, this is my truth, and I got to let my truth be known. So I'm not going to speak to you for a whole week so you'll know what that meant. Because you need to know how much you hurt me. Yeah, I'm going to let make sure you feel what I felt when you hurt me like that. And, 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 and it ain't making no sense because it takes all the energy in me to keep my mouth shut and not talk to him. It takes more energy to keep your mouth shut than it does to obey God and speak life. And any of you ever noticed that when you're in these predicaments with someone you're close to and there's rumbles going on at home, let's say it's your spouse or you're in, or you're in conflict or you're in a feud with a loved one or a family member or even a best friend, you notice your other relationships start tattering too? You just got an attitude to just be having an attitude. And those people had nothing to do with what happened. That spirit man has been corrupted and it can't bear fruit. So that's good. So letter A was staying connected to the vine. How many of you can't have a Sunday relationship and expect to communicate effectively all week long? That's right. How many of y'all agree with that? Got to have a daily relationship in order to communicate effectively on a daily basis. So letter A will stay connected to the vine. Letter B, she's kind of touched it a little bit, develop the fruit of the spirit. Key word there is develop. How many of you don't develop a healthy lifestyle by reading a book on health? (laughs) Right? All you did was downloaded a bunch of information. You don't develop it until you begin to what? Practice eating that way. Come on, you can read a a book on getting in shape and and being fit at 40, whatever your goal is. How many of you know reading that book is not getting ready to make you fit? You're not getting ready to be fit until you leave the book at home and go to the gym and put in the work. Or better yet, you're not about to be fit by taking what you read and telling other people what they need to do. I read this book and you need to. No, if you read the book, you need to, right? So so you got to understand, even though all of these nine fruits of the Spirit were downloaded into you at salvation, they don't develop automatically. That's right. You've got to practice these. Now, go back to Galatians chapter 5. She did an excellent job on the other side. Sometimes we can learn a lot about what to do by paying attention to what, or, or paying attention to what not to do. 
Right? Would you all agree with that statement? And so I want you to see the contrast here that Galatians chapter 5 puts on what she just talked about. So let's look at the opposite of that. Let's back up to verse 16 and let's begin reading there. Galatians chapter 5, I'll read out of the Message Bible. And, and this is so good. If you've lived a little bit, you've probably gone through a little bit of all of this. It says, my counsel is this. Galatians 5, 16, Message Bible. Live freely animated and motivated by God's Spirit. Then you won't feed the compulsions of selfishness. For there is a root of sinful self-interest in us that is at odds with a free spirit. Just as the free spirit is incompatible or incomparable with selfishness. You ever notice at the moment you want to do right, evil is always present? Come on, am I the only one that goes through that? Right? At the moment you say and make the commitment, I'm getting ready to practice walking in love with my spouse today. They do something and, and you say, you know what, not today. I'm not practicing today. I'll put this off till tomorrow. Come on, anybody ever been there, right? And you've got to learn how to pay attention because they're actually present at the same time. The one that you yield to is the one that's actually the leader or the father of your life. That's good. So if that's you good. yield to the spirit, then watch this. You obey that and God is your father. But every time you yield to the flesh, how I many of you are yielding to the devil? Whichever one you yield to the most has the most control in your life. But usually they're both present at the same time. So does that mean that a free spirit doesn't mean I just get to do me? Whatever I want to do, whenever I want to do it. I mean, I'm tired of giving myself out because it seems like they don't appreciate me anyway. So a free spirit, being free doesn't mean that I could just do me. No. I could just go kick it, forget all y'all, you got it. Yeah, no, that doesn't mean that at all. A free, a free spirit, spirit means free to love in spite of what you're doing. I can still obey God and be right with so, God in spite of what you're doing. So I don't have to let you control how I plan to respond. Not one day, not, not one second of the day. That's you, and that's your undeveloped spirit. And so I don't need to engage in that. I need to be a better example to that when you're acting out that way. So, what, so if I'm hearing you correctly... When I let somebody else disrupt my mood, I've given them control. Them and, and so, the, the devil. Ultimately the devil, but so yes. So I'm in bondage. Yes, to so them. So if I think you don't like me for whatever reason, it's my problem, that's, not your problem. That's on you. And I'm not getting ready to go around all day long trying to figure out why you think I don't like you. Come on, that's a waste of time and energy. And that's really, at the end of the day, all Satan wants to do through people is suck the energy of God right out of you. And you've got to be smarter than that, okay? Let's keep reading here. So these two here, now I want you to see here, now notice the self-interest is at odds with the free spirit, just as the free spirit is incomparable with selfishness. These two ways of life are antithetical, which means directly opposed, so that you cannot live at times one way and at times another way according to how you feel, which is what you're describing, on any given day. Isn't that called being a hypocrite? That's exactly what it's called. Sunday, I'm all in. Hallelujah. Monday, if you don't get out of my face, I'll knock the skin off your face. What you going to do? What you going to do then? Sunday, hallelujah. <laughs> Come on, somebody out there know what I'm talking about, right? Let's keep reading here. Now, th this is so good. Watch this now. 
Why don't you choose to be led by the Spirit and so escape the erratic compulsions of a law-dominated existence? That's good. It is obvious, watch this now, what kind of life develops out of trying to get your way all the time. Watch mm. this. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. So when I'm trying to get my way all the time, the very first thing he mentions is how my flesh becomes out of control and I'm sinning against myself automatically. Repetitively, Repetitively. and blaming everybody else for it. Ain't no good dudes out here. No good women out here. But I'm the one can repetitively put myself in that situation. Let's keep reading here. No amens out there, but I'm going to preach the Bible anyway. I'll move on. If somebody give me one good strong amen out there. Come on, if you agree online, just, just type amen. Say amen. something good. Let me know I'm in church by the church responding in a positive way today, right? Now, it's interesting now. This is the Bible. This is not Joel Gregory. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. Watch this. Then that leads to a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional Woo! garbage. That is so good. That when something good comes into my life, I can't even recognize it as good because of all of the stinking mental and emotional garbage from the cheap sex. Oh, because you're putting yourself out there thinking you're getting something from somebody else when you're really tricking and fooling yourself. So, so now I can't communicate to nobody because I don't trust nobody. Ooh. It's tight, but it's right. Come on, somebody smile at me this morning. L let me know that we're on the right track. All right, watch this now. So, so notice, all of that leads to this mental and emotional garbage. Frenzy jo and joyless grabs for happiness. Trinket gods. Ooh. Magic show religion. Ooh. Show me something, God, and I'll believe you. Paranoid loneliness cannot be by themselves. Cutthroat competition, mm. all-consuming yet never satisfied wants. A brutal temper, an impotence. You know what the word impotence means? An inability to perform, sustain, or attain to love or to be loved. It's the opposite of it. This is so good. Every head bowed, every eye closed in prayer. No one moving, no one talking. No, finish reading, you, oh, finish, reading finish reading, finish reading. That was a good place to give an altar call right there. Though. <laughs> Inability to do that. So if you continuously find yourself in love, out of love, in love, out of love, in a relationship, out of a relationship, um, this my new boo, this my new bae. At some point, you've got to look at what's the constant in every, every one of those situations. There is one constant in every one of those situations. Divided homes and divided lives. You look around our society today, and that's what we see, right? Broken families, broken lives. And not, not, let, don't, let, let's not sound con con condemning, no. because you can be... And not with your the your the parent, parent other parent of your child or your children, 
but still live in peace and love and in harmony and co-parent with a complete effort to be everything that your children can be. It's when you're in strife and in constant conflict, you got to drop off and make the baby exchange at the police office, the police station because... But when love is in there, even if the home is divided, I shouldn't even say divided, when it's, when it's not traditional, you can still be very, very much in harmony and operate in this in sync kind of love that the Lord d- desires through kind exchange and yeah. communication. Mm-hmm. Let's close this out. Small-minded and lopsided pursuits. Mm. The vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into, into a, a rival. rival. Everybody is trying to get you. Really? Everywhere people you people go. just wake up every day. I'm going to get you. All right, let's keep going. Don't nobody like me. They always hating. Somebody Everybody always jealous. Everybody me. jealous because of all this glory. They can't handle it. Really? So they hating on me. Uh, I'm smarter. All right. I'll let you keep believing that. Let's keep going. (laughs) Uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions. Mm. Ugly parodies of community. I could go on. This isn't the first time I've warned you, you know. If you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. Wow. Inherit is a key word there. We're talking about eternal life now. So you can't practice that lifestyle, go to church, and still think you're going to reach heaven. And then let's end it on a positive note. 22 and 23 says, but what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives much the same way that the fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Mind you, I love what you, you, you reading that just all points back to learning how to love God and myself. And develop these fruits of the Spirit. And so if I see myself lacking in any of these, I have to on purpose say this week, don't try to master all nine at one time, but this week I'm going to practice joy. I'm not going to let anybody, including my counterpart, steal my joy this week. I don't care what comes up in the face of it. I'm going to say God is good. His mercy endures forever. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and, and be, be glad, glad in it. it. Come on, somebody. And you if begin the to Lord practice. for me, who can be against me? Yeah. I am more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I serve the great living God. And as he lives, I live too, and I am free in him. Yes. And then after you master that, then add patience to that. You know what? Patience is this ability to endure and stay under when situations are not favorable towards you. 
And so this week, instead of blowing up when they leave shoes and socks and, and the toilet down and put the toilet paper on the wrong way, come on, somebody. Wait, what are you trying to say? I'm speaking. I, I to, like I'm talking about myself. I'm talking like, about uh, myself. Uh, I'm talking about like myself. Right? And then, then you work on that. You practice that. Then once you feel you've grown in endurance, how I many know you just keep adding each one until all nine of them are just flowing out of you, and now can't nobody get to you, not even your counterpart. Exactly, exactly. And do you think about the joy of the Lord is our strength. strength. So when we stay in joy, we are now spiritually strengthened to operate in other things. Yeah, so when I'm in joy, even though I think you said that the wrong way, joy will cause me and love will cause me to hear it differently, even though I believe you said it the wrong way. But you have to I can come back to I gotta be, stay connected to the vine and develop in this. And I gotta be able to come back to you and say, "Babe, I know you said that that way with a smile on my face. I don't believe you meant it that way. I believe you meant it this way." But let's have a healthy conversation around that, just to make sure we're on the same page. We we on the same page, sugar. Just okay. give me some sugar. You see I'm, what I mean? And, and, and that's good. not a sign of weakness. That's a sign of strength. Yes, yes. Letter C. Letter C. Develop a daily discipline. Develop a daily discipline. You must see God as a person that is with you all the time and not a practice. He is a person. He is not a practice. He is not some waiter waiting for you to give orders so that he can fulfill it. He is not some great experience or some event when something supernatural has happened to you. He is not some Sunday morning uh, extravaganza that you go and share with, uh, uh, with thousands of other people. He is a person that is with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah. Developing a daily discipline means remaining in Christ that includes but is not limited to disciplined prayer, Bible study, regular church attendance, serving, Giving, repentance of sin, simply put, drawing near to Christ on a daily basis. Being conscious of his presence in your life, minute by minute, moment by moment, hour by hour. I mean, every time I get an opportunity, I, 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 you know, I love something I heard Jerry Savelle say a very long time ago. He says, I might not pray a whole hour in a day, but there's not an hour in the day that goes by that I don't pray. That's good. That's good. That's good. I try to live my life conscious that he is with me. Yeah. Even if I see an open parking spot by the front of the door, I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for loving me so much. All, all day, every day, I try to be very aware that he is with me. Yeah. Therefore, I am never alone. That's right. Remaining in Christ, we recognize our inability to communicate well and how, apart from his grace, we will destroy what God has freely given us. And for those who humble themselves daily before God, they will find great grace to communicate in any relationship, but especially in marriage. So, so then the most important thing they need to do is not try to develop a better relationship with their counterpart. They need to develop a better relationship with God. Because apart from him, you can do no good thing. So, so really what's being reflected in the relationship with their counterpart is the relationship with God. This is how important that relationship with God is and that relationship and our words are to him. 
Matthew chapter 12, verses 33 through 37 in the Passion Translation. I need, I'm going to read this, I'm going to take my time, and I want you to say la, pause, and think about this. Highlight it, make it pink, yellow, green, whatever you need to do in your tablet or in your devices. But this is what it says, Matthew 12, 33 through 37. You, the Passion Translation, you must determine if a tree is good or rotten. This is Pastor Trish adding this even if the tree is you. You can recognize good trees by their delicious fruit, but if you find rotten fruit, you can be certain that the tree is rotten. The fruit defines the tree, but you who are known as the Pharisees are rotten to the core. Mind you, this is Jesus talking, and he's talking to religious folks. Because you can become, we can become so used to something that it just becomes remote, but not relational. And then he goes on to say, you have been poisoned by the nature of a venomous snake called Satan. How can your words be good and trustworthy if you are rotten within? For what has been stored up in your hearts will be heard in the overflow of your words. That's so good. When virtue is stored within, the hearts of good and upright people will produce good fruit. But when evil is hidden within, those who are evil will produce evil fruit. That's so good. You can be sure of this. When the day of judgment comes, everyone will be held accountable for every careless word he has spoken. Mind you, he first identifies the fruit by the words that are spoken. That's how you notice, yep. For every word, for your very words will be used as evidence against you, and your words will declare you either innocent or guilty. That's good. Let me read it to you from the translation. I could drop the mic after this. In the, trans, in the message translation, it says, how do you suppose what you say is worth anything when you are foul-minded? It's your heart, not the dictionary, that gives meaning to your words. Wow. A good person produces good deeds and words season after season, but an evil person is blight in the orchard. Let me tell you something. You got to slow down here. Every one of these careless words is going to come back to haunt you. There will be a time of reckoning. Words are powerful. Take them seriously. Words can be your salvation. Words can also be your damnation. How do you develop? Spending time with him daily. Developing a daily discipline. James chapter 4 verse 6 and 10 in the Amplify says this. Verse 6, James chapter 4. But he gives us more and more grace through the power of the Holy Spirit to defy sin and live an obedient life that reflects both our faith and our gratitude for our salvation. God will grace you when we understand that it's our mind that needs to be renewed. Because we already read earlier, Jesus says, I've cleansed you by the word of God. So it's in you to do right. It's in you to do good. It's in you to produce fruits of the spirit. It's in you to speak words of edification. Mm -hmm. But it's your mind that needs to be renewed and a true freedom that needs to be found. And when it's found, he says, I give you grace power by the Holy Spirit when you spend time in me, when you abide and take up residence in me to have an obedient life that reflects both our faith and our gratitude. We mock God when we act contrary to our salvation. Right. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud and the haughty, but continuously gives the gift of grace to the humble who turn away from self-righteousness. Humble yourselves, verse 10, 
with an attitude of repentance and insignificance in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. He will lift you up, and he will give you purpose. Understanding that when you are in conflict or when you are in love or whatever situation you are in with your counterpart, whether it's your boss, your spouse, your children, a loved one, your neighbor, a friend, when, when things go awry, it always starts with what comes out of the mouth. But what comes out of the mouth is just a reflection of what's in the heart. That's good. And what's in the heart has seeped down because what you allowed yourself to believe in your mind. When we choose to resurrect and renew our mind, we then reform the condition of our heart. Therefore, we can err on the side of love and be free in the spirit of God who will give us grace. And even if the situation really is wrong, nasty, and foul, that's when God says, oh, I'll avenge. Right. He'll, Don't he'll worry, baby right. girl. Right. Don't worry, baby boy. I'll take care of this. You just keep abiding in me. First Peter chapter 3, he says, who can do you harm when you do that which is good? For the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. That's so good. So if you're listening to what she's saying, then even though another person may be doing you wrong, you've got to learn how to keep your mouth shut and let God avenge that situation. And that's truly humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God because what you're saying is, God, you see all things and you know all things. And so I commit this over to your care and I trust that you'll judge it the right way. Pull up your chair and sit at your table because he said he'll set a table before you in the presence of your enemies. And when he avenges, he tends to want to make sure you know that I'm on your side. Thank you for doing that which is right. And oftentimes you're there like David to witness not that we want that God's going to get you. We don't want that. But God will use that as an opportunity to affirm you in that you are right. See, just keep trusting in me. Yeah. Your joy so good. was good. That's so Your good. long suffering was good. That's so good. Your kindness in this situation was good. That's so Your good. self-control in this situation was good. I am pleased with it. Yeah. And then all you did was move out the way so I can deal with the situation. Nothing might not even happen to that person. But all of a sudden you see you, you getting promoted. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. All of a sudden, when they talked about how you were raising your kids, you see your kids are producing excellence. Because they dogged you. Yeah. Man, we can go on and on. It's 9.59. You all get anything out of this today? Okay, let's all stand to our feet for a minute. So as we consider communication and relationships, we must remember God is the ultimate communicator, right? And so if I'm going to imitate God, I must spend enough time with God to learn how to do things the way he would do it. That's right. Do you all agree with that statement? I can't act like God and I don't spend time with God. He's the ultimate communicator. So if you want to get better at this, spend more time with God. We are made in his image and after his likeness, therefore we are made to communicate. So as we rely on God through practicing principles in his word, we can begin to use our communication to build our relationships instead of breaking them down. How many of y'all are ready to start the journey of building every relationship in your life, right? And, and no longer breaking down relationships. 
It's a horrible way to live to not speak to mothers and fathers and cousins and uncles and aunts. And years go by and we don't talk to each other. Come on, somebody. It's a horrible way to live to not talk to your children and have a relationship. These are all horrible way to live, but we can, we can begin the process today of committing to building relationships and not breaking them down. And then by his grace, we can start to realize his original plan for relationships. All relationships are designed to bring him glory and to bring blessings into our lives. That's right. And so we want to pray for you today. If you're with your spouse today, I want you to grab their hand uh, and just hold on to their hand and actually just face them. If you're with your spouse or significant other. We want to pray for that group first, okay? Even if you're looking at us online. Even if you're looking online. And your grab, spouse is there. Grab them by the hand just right grab now. Grab them by the hand. Right? And we're going to pray for others as well because you can have intimacy in your relationships. You just can't have it apart from God. Can't try to have something bigger with a human being than you have with, with right. a supernatural being called God. And so, Father, we pray right now. I'm going to pray for the husbands. You pray for the wives. And so, Father, I pray for every head of these unions today, Father. Uh, you've called them out and designed them, Father, to lead and to be the Savior of those relationships just as Christ is the church. And so they have the gift of being able, to, being able to wash that relationship with the water of the word, Father, and present it back to themselves as a glorious church, not having spot or blemish. Father, I pray for every head of household that they'll love their wives as they love themselves, Father, for no man had ever yet hated his own flesh, but he nourishes it and he cherishes it even as the Lord does the church. Teach them to love and communicate, Father, the way you have loved and communicated with the church and teach them to build that relationship and never tear it down in Jesus name. Father right now I just thank you for every wife and every potential wife, every woman here that desires to be a wife, that they'll develop the wisdom, the understanding, the revelation and the trust in who you are in them. That the spirit of God will live big on the inside of them doing what you do Father, lead God direct. But Father that first Peter chapter 3 verses 1 and 2 will reign true in their lives as wise and potential wise, that they will trust and lean on you and not their own understanding. And in their obedience for you and their love towards you, they can, without the word, win the hearts of their husbands. Father, I pray right now that they are yielded to who you are and who they are in you, Father. That they trust in you and they understand the liberty that is in submission, Father. Knowing that they, when they move out of the way, they put you to be in position to be in their way. And being in their way, Father, you protect you shelter, you nourish, you cherish, you love. I thank you for the increase of the fruit of the Spirit, which is love demonstrated and manifested through joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, self-control, and all these great things, Father. And because of that, they are prosperous. They do good by their husbands and never evil all the days of their lives. Their tongue is the tongue of the righteous, and wisdom, Father, prevails from it. And because of that, Father, they suffer and lack no good thing. I thank you that they all rise up to be the good thing that you promised in your word when you said, he that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So we give you the glory and the honor and the praise for all these things being made manifest. And for those that are without spouses, but yet desire it, Father, I pray and speak over them the same prayer and what you spoke over Jesus, 
that they continue to grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with you and all mankind. And in doing so, Father, they miss out on no good thing. And everything that they put their hands to, you cause it to prosper. They are aware of the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of them. And because of that, they are yielded. They are making decisions daily to yield themselves to you so that you can manifest yourself in great and mighty ways and show yourself strong on their behalf. We give you glory out and praise for these things in Jesus' name. And Father, I add to that for every unmarried person in here that you'll give them a discipline to practice on their significant other, practice on their children, practice on their parents, practice on their relatives, family members, friends, Father. Practice on their job with their co-workers. Practice, Father, uh, with their bosses. If they are a boss, practice with their employees, Father. But I pray, Father, that the goal will be developing all nine fruits of the Spirit, Father, so that they can master communication, master intimacy, Father, so that when they get in a committed relationship, Father, it will be a relationship that will last, Father. It will be a relationship that they will build and never tear down. So, Father, I pray for everyone watching online and in this service, Father, under the sound and authority of our voices, Father. We are a community that builds relationships and never tears them down in Jesus' name. And if you believe that today, come on and give God your best praise in this place. Come on, you can do better than that. Give God your best praise in this place. Hallelujah. Come on, give God your best praise in this place. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You are great, great to be praised, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being the lover of our souls. So if you're going to have intimacy, you must know your counterpart. Stop trying to get to know everybody else. Commit to getting to know your counterpart after God better than anyone else in your life. You must honor and accept gender differences. You've got to understand that the two of you are one. And don't let anything come in between that. Over the years, we've watched people try to pit us against each other. Well, she's better at that. He's better at this. The reality is we couldn't do any of this without each other. That's right. But you'll see people on purpose try to push people in that direction. And another group will try to push people in this direction. And we see that. But we just learn to ignore it because we understand people. And we just let nothing come in between us. And we've got to learn how to respect our strengths and our weaknesses. The reality is, without her, I could not be everything that you all need me to be. And I sure can't be it. I I don't want to. Yeah. So she's got strengths and weaknesses. I have strengths and weaknesses. And we perfectly cover each other. What the people try to focus on is her weaknesses and my weaknesses and try to use those to pit us against each other. You got to be smarter than that's that, That's what the folks. enemy will do. That's what the enemy tries to do. You got to be smarter than that. Well, it's really her. No, it's really him. No, the reality is it's both of us. And none of this would be what it is without both of us. All right? Always speak edifying words. Practice that discipline, right? Every single day, I'm going to say something that's build, that builds up. Practice the art of listening and then stay in the church. Remain in Christ. Did you all get anything out of this Into Me You See series? Let's lift our hands to the Father right now. 
And so anyone under the sound and authority of my voice today, just begin to worship God right there where you're at. Begin to talk to him out of your own heart. Make commitments before him to get to know him and everyone else the best that you possibly can. And while you're just talking to God right now, let the spirit of God search your heart today. Let him look deep within your heart today. And if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, if you don't have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, I want to pray with and for you today. Secondarily, you might say, Pastor, I'm already saved. But man, my words and my actions and my behavior, it's just caused me to get, get away from God. And I know I'm on the outside looking in today. I know God is not pleased with the way I'm living. He might not be pleased with the way you're living, but he never stopped loving you. Come on, somebody. And, he, and he's waiting on you with open arms to just come back home so that he can pick your life right up where it left.